0: And welcome to Love, Hate, Relationship, an opinionated podcast for opinionated people. I'm Andy Boel. And
1: I'm Alex Ruiz. And as ever, we are here to brighten your days, anger your souls, and tell you how to live your lives in that order. Except not anymore, because we changed our format. So this time we're just going to tell you how to live your
0: lives but in we're that al- order? Yes, but we're also going to talk uh, briefly about uh, some stuff. I think we should still like have a little ease in, have a little douchebag buffer. All right. And Alex, I wanted to talk to you, and I did not tell you about this beforehand. Oh, God damn. We uh, there. There have been two kind of key events that have happened since the last time we recorded. The first is a giant lawsuit against Fox News which has led to the result of dozens and dozens of private conversations between the likes of Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, all those assholes being, being leaked publicly as part of this lawsuit. And we now have definitive proof that Tucker Carlson fucking hates Donald Trump. He thinks January 6th was a terrible mistake and all this sort of shit, like just really showing what a, what a horrid little grifting, weaselly piece of shit all those people are. Okay. And we have also had the indictment of former President Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. like, earlier this week. And all of those same Fox News assholes then had to go on their shows and cry fake tears and talk about how this is such a gross, like... Assault on American justice, and we are becoming a Stalinistic dita- Stalinistic dictatorship. And, oh, by the way, isn't it cool if Donald Trump gets a mugshot? Like, then he'll have some OG cred. That is something fucking Tucker Carlson said because he knows nobody who's watching Fox News are the same people who are reading the texts about him, like, talking about what a fucking asshole monster Trump is. I'm realizing in in real time my next hate is going to be Fox News as a whole, but this is the most topical moment to bring up these sorts of things.
1: Sure. Are you looking for my thoughts on these two things? Yeah. Okay. The indictment, the biggest part of the discourse that I see with the indictment, and and keep in mind, Donald Trump was indicted um, based on crimes committed regarding the hush money payments to Stormy Daniels. And a lot of people are sitting here going, well, why wasn't he charged for this? Or why wasn't he charged for that? And honestly, it's because the Justice Department refuses to charge him for any of his federal crimes, and all the other local jurisdictions aren't charging him for anything else, the New York Grand Jury has and New York District Attorney have indicted him for those hush money payments because they actually have evidence corroborating witnesses and a DA who's willing to press charges on them. Sure. That is why that is the one. So let's, let's just start there. Um, is it going to stick? Is it going to matter? I kind of don't think it will on either of those points. The the thing that I have learned when it has come to the Donald Trump presence in American politics is that if I even pretend to prognosticate, I am going to be wildly wrong. That has been the case basically since 2015. That's fair. So I don't know, man. It's good to see that an indictment came through because it's, you know, you know what it ultimately is? It reminds me of the Derek Chauvin conviction. So um, you know, Derek Chauvin, shitty cop who killed who, who killed a person, um, actually goes through um, adjudication and sentencing. Now that bit of accountability is nice. Did it change the police system? Fuck no. Did it stop police killing? random ass people of color and way overstepping their bounds as far as what is acceptable for the police to do what is even no. legal for them to do no so i look at the donald trump indictment and i i have the same attitude towards it where i'm like well that's nice fair. see if it's going to change anything
0: yeah fair enough uh,
1: as to the fox news thing that one that is to me more frustrating but also again it's not like it's surprising. Yeah,
0: this
1: is the same. Th- this is the same population that has all the same access to information about Ronald Reagan that all of us do. Every bullshitty thing that Reagan did, including raising taxes when he said he wasn't going to, including Iran Contra, including ignorance of the AIDS epidemic and the way that he treated all of that, including having a goddamn astrologer guiding his policies they have access to all of that same information they might have even heard all of that same information in one debate or another but they're still gonna lionize ronald reagan it's not about reality it's about the same bullshitty this is my team so i'm gonna root for my team Horseshit that keeps people rooting for tom brady Mm. like it's 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 politics. i have talked about this before on this podcast, but it's politics of aesthetics. Sure. The actual material reality of—by the way, Democrats do this too, 100%. Sure. Like it's, sure, it's This is the asshole who's on my team, so I'm going to support that asshole, even when that asshole is breaking all the same promises and committing all the same war crimes that their counterpart on the other side are doing. And you might think that I sound very cynical talking about American politics using this lens— Which to that I say, welcome to
0: the show, (laughs) interviewer.
1: Look, I try not to be cynical. I say this all the time on the show. Like, I try not to be cynical about these things. But it is a fact that when it's our team that is fucking up, we're more forgiving. And when you're someone like me, who tries not to have a team really who tries not like there's 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 a there's a statement that gets thrown around leftist circles a lot which is principles not people and when you follow that you're just as comfortable sitting here going like look I want Donald Trump tried in the Hague for war crimes and I also want Barack Obama tried in the Hague for war crimes oh indeed because both of them have absolutely killed innocent people but what are you going to do?
0: Yeah. I think it's just – it's interesting because it's it's the most um, naked and apparent evidence of something we already knew that Fox News is not a news agency. It's a grifter factory. Yeah. And a very successful one at that. But yeah. it's just – I don't know. Just – wanted to throw that grenade into our recording and see what happens. I will say that
1: I do appreciate knowing that, um, you know, your standard Fox News crowd are doing it for the mo- for the cash. Really. You you probably do have true believers. I actually believe that certain figures on the right... Marjorie Taylor Greene is a fucking true believer. Yeah. I think Ted Cruz is a true believer. Is Brett Kavanaugh a true believer? No. I think he just comes from money and Enjoys that particular clout and power is Pete Judah is Pete Buttigieg a true believer of democratic ideals? No, he's fucking McKinsey. Yeah, like it's it's you have your true believers and you have your non true believers. And the funny thing about the Fox News crowd is that you weren't always clear where a lot of them were. I I think that Tucker Carlson is a white supremacist. I don't think Sean Hannity is one. I do think that the both of them are there for the paycheck and have figured out that this is the best way for them to maintain their millions upon millions of dollars. And they don't care who they have to sell out for that sake.
0: So more on that next episode. (laughs) Welcome to love. Hey relationship. As Alex mentioned uh, we're, we're in episode 102 and we're continuing our new format, which means that today we are going to spend the next uh, 50 minutes or so going through the internet and combing through and finding the juiciest relationship problems we can and expounding upon them and giving our perfectly unqualified for advice.
1: That's right. Uh, tell you what, you just gave the format, so shall I give the first one? Yes. Okay, so first question, and this one's coming off relationships.txt. Uh, 31-year-old female writing about her 31-year-old male boyfriend. My boyfriend was looking at foreplay instructions in front of me before we had sex. Start thinking about, uh, actually, I, I might have one for this, but uh, okay. Just wondering if there's something wrong with me for being a bit cringed out and if I should bring it up. Boyfriend of two months is really nice and chill, but shows some signs he hasn't dated much despite living with partners in the past. Nothing that bothers me, it just may be relevant. E.g. he doesn't iron his clothes, wears track suits to all our dates, commented on how he likes that I don't wear makeup, I do, and offers me beanie hats and things when I've just done my hair. I get the feeling he's not that used to women. We decided to get intimate the other night. We sat on the sofa after work, chilling for a bit beforehand, and he pulled out his phone and started Googling how to go down on a girl right in front of me. Like he thought I'd I'd think it was nice he was doing that. It made me cringe like crazy, and I felt anxious about having sex. I might be overreaching, as I didn't like how he did that so openly and right in front of me. If he'd done it on his own, that would have been fine. I'm sure lots of people do it. But it was weird how he sat there with the screen facing me, researching. I don't want to upset him, so we carried on, and it was okay. Do you have one for this? I
0: mean, this sounds like a classic. This could have happened in American Pie. Uh,
1: I was literally like, if if people remember, there is a scene in American Pie where um, I think it's Kevin, Thomas Ian Nicholas's character, literally tracks down this like ancestrally handed down book about how to give head.
0: Oh, yeah. That's like his whole whole plot point in that movie is to get the sex book.
1: Like that for for the first like third of that movie, yes, yeah. that's that's his or maybe two thirds of it. Right. So we can go with Kevin from American Pie. I don't see a last name for him in any anywhere on fucking. Uh, that's fine. IMDb.
0: I think we'll be okay. I think Kevin from American Pie works here. Okay,
1: Kevin, American Pie. Oh God. So. I guess that would make the Asker, Tara Reed's character... Yes. ...whose name is Vicky.
0: Yes, absolutely. Okay. Is that all that you're interested in? Trying to get your girl into bed? No. It'd be good to be able to, you know, return the favor.
1: It'd be nice to know that she enjoys things as much as I do.
0: See that? That's good. That's what I wanted to hear. Now you qualify. Andy, I read. Would you like to start with this? Yeah, I mean... I, I kind of get what we're what we're saying here it's my first thought is that it it does clearly seem like there's some social awkwardness I don't know if I would assign it to just not knowing how to hang out with women it might be not knowing really what to do hanging out with anybody at all um,
1: I think he's got some uh... You think he's on my team? Yeah, you
0: can say it. I can't. (laughs) Okay, yeah. I think he's got a
1: bit of the tism.
0: (laughs) Indeed. Perhaps. It it certainly does seem that way. Or at
1: the very least, some severe social awkwardness.
0: Yeah. And on the one hand, it's certainly better that he researched at all. It, it, It shows that the intention is right, I think. There's... There is consideration there to make sure that it is an enjoyable experience for Vicky. I do agree that, like, bruh, say you need to go to the bathroom real quick, look the shit up in the bathroom, then come out. Don't just do it brazenly there, like, with her reading over your shoulder and, like, looking over me like, eh? Eh? Yeah. I, I get that it's weird. It... It, it's. I wish Vicky had tried to gently break this to Kevin in the moment. I'm with you. Because now there's a doubling down effect going on where Kevin feels like this behavior is okay, or at the very least that Vicky doesn't mind about it. Um, and that's going to make it harder to have what needs to be the actual conversation of, hey, I, I care for you. I really appreciate you. That made me feel uncomfortable, and I would prefer for you to not, like, just openly research how to do specific sex acts in front of me before we do them yeah. again.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry, were you done? I, I didn't uh, wanna, Yeah, that, okay.
0: I, I yield my time. Okay.
1: Um, no, I'm with you on that. I will say, um, obviously, there will be awkwardness to try and bring this up after the fact. Yeah. But um, here's the thing. Even if it's awkward, it is still okay. It's not like there's a... It's not like there's a statute of limitations on communicating what makes you sexually uncomfortable. It is okay to straight up just be like, hey, a month ago when you did this, um, that kind of made me feel a little off. Um, I understand where you're coming from. And, And the thing is, like, this is a space for communication. You can say... I understand what you were trying to do. I actually kind of appreciate what you were trying to do. And that particular context and that particular moment um, really just kind of took me out of it. So in the future, uh, I fully encourage you looking up stuff like that. Hell, if you even want to ask me questions about what I like, totally fine. But I'm going to ask that you not do that in the moment because... And you know what? This is a good space to say something about this. Um, Some people are... um, when it comes to sexual situations are very spontaneous. Um, The opportunity presents itself for a sexual situation and they are good to go. They're right there. And I think in our culture, we tend to fetishize that. And we especially associate that with men. But then there's also people who are context specific. And, you know, we typically associate that with women. And we say that, you know, these are folks who need a certain kind of... It's not, sometimes sometimes we pretend that it's like, oh, they need a certain atmosphere. They need soft music and nice lights and all this and that and the other. That's not necessarily true. Sometimes context-specific people honestly just need um, to build the moment. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the point of foreplay in a big way is to create context. So it's okay for you to say, hey, I would really like it if uh, in this particular moment where we're creating this context, you not pull out a phone and just be like doing that in the moment research. It really takes me out of that moment. It makes it impossible for me to really um, connect with you in the way that I want to. And that's okay. Like it is okay to bring that up after the fact.
0: Yeah, I I think I I agree. And, of course, I don't mean to say that it's impossible to have that conversation. It just becomes a little harder because there is, I feel like, a a in-the-moment reinforcement now where Kevin's sitting here being like, oh, well, thank God I looked stuff up. That was a really good idea, and we had a really nice time because of that, and this is perfectly okay. Yeah, it's...
1: Whenever we do relationship questions, I especially when we do these blocks of them, there's an obvious answer here, which is, uh, you know, actually, let, let, me, let, me t- let me double check. Her exact question um,
0: I don't think there is, is just
1: wondering if there's something wrong with her. Yeah. The exact question is just wondering if there's something wrong with her for being a bit cringed out and if she should bring it up. And the answer to that is no. There's nothing wrong with it, um, and you should bring it up. Yeah. The deeper, the deeper issue, the deeper thing here is that communication. So th- I think that's the deeper lesson to really get out here.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. There's there's the direct question in the moment, but the question itself kind of opens up a whole other like level of thinking about the thing. Yeah. Okay, so I agree with that.
1: Okay, we want to move on to the next question.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, pause for a sec. So one of the other stalwart uh, internet sources we would go to is an account called "Am I the Asshole" on Twitter, and it looks like that has actually kind of become defunct, much to my uh, dismay, because it was just fun to like see what assholes things people were doing. But with that said, I spent a couple minutes trying to find some other like accounts to cherry pick questions from. And I this is kind of different. I stumbled upon something. The account just calls itself Relationship Advice. And it's at Help with Men on Twitter. And this is such toxic, awful, bad buzzfeed level clickbaity advice shit. I just want to take a moment to point it out. Like this seems bad. It's read by somebody named Gina Davis. I'm sure not that not that Gina Davis. Not that Gina Davis. But just for an example, they they've got a post. It also looks like they haven't posted since 2018, so they're not doing further harm. But they had a post Seven Reasons Why Men and Women Can't Just Be Friends. And it leads to like a clickbaity article which is just like Making a case that you cannot have a platonic friendship without there being a sexual component involved because sex will complicate stuff. Men don't invest the same as women. It can endanger a serious relationship. There's gossip going on different life paths, secretly wanting to date each other, or they're being a jealous partner. And like, this is... Bad. Bad. This is Dear Abby from Hell.
1: Email this to me. I want to look at it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. They go on to say, like, at the byline of the article, I'm not implying that every man and woman friendship eventually leads to sex, but many do. This is just toxic. Like, I just, I, I wanted to draw attention to it. I don't even know what there is to say other than, like, don't follow advice like this follow advice like ours which yeah we might lean one way or the other in trying to decide a right and a wrong but we do try to give like fair and balanced advice at the very least not toxic misogynistic advice okay so this
1: isn't really a question but for the sake of just putting it into the format can we give a name to the uh quote-unquote author Of this, so that we can just have a name that we can yell at.
0: You know, keeping the American pie analogy, this is some stiffler.
1: Nah, let's, 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 what, what, what is another character that just gives shitty. I feel like there's a When Harry Met Sally reference here, but did we already use When Harry Met Sally at some
0: point? We absolutely have, yes.
1: Yeah. What's somebody who just gives shitty, 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 has a shitty outlook on relationships? And gives terrible advice.
0: Hide from from that 70s show? Mm, You know what? That could work. Oh, no, you know what? Uh, Will Ferrell's character from The Wedding Crashers. Oh, God, okay. The toxic man-baby. Uh, that would be Chaz. Chaz Reinhold. This feels like it's written by somebody named Chaz, who is pretending to be a woman online, but is actually a man.
1: Chaz Reinhold from Wedding Crashers. Men are at a funeral. Yeah, i will throw in a wedding every now and then. But funerals are insane. The chicks are so horny, it's not even fair. It's like fishing with dynamite. All right. So, I'm gonna just kind of go through these real quick, one by one, and just uh, yell at it. Sex complicates it. I mean.
0: I'm not implying that every man and woman friendship leads to sex, but many do. It's. It's. And that's the thing. It's like, okay, can sex
1: complicate a friendship? Yeah. Absolutely. But you undercut that point from the beginning by stating that not every man woman friendship leads to sex.
0: Well, and also, just to really like, get into this, like, there, the, he, he kind of just, you know, leads in with like a couple sentences under each thing. One of them being once you have sex with each other, it's a tricky path to get back to only friendship, quote unquote. That is some complete bullshit because friends with benefits is like a thing. And if you really want to be acceptive and inclusive and accepting, like there is a whole gamut of relationship that you can have with somebody that is like a merging between friendship and sex. It's possible for a man and a woman or, you know, any two people to be friends with or without there being a sexual component. It's possible to have a sexual component, but it not be the thing that overrides your friendship. Yeah.
1: This feels like Chaz is telling on himself because he can't imagine having a female friendship where he doesn't want to have sex with the other person.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: Men don't invest the same as women. And I'm looking at this, this isn't specifically about money, it's about investing in their friendships. And the thing is, that's dumb as shit, because the fact of the matter is, there are absolutely women who have... Okay, women, by and large, quote-unquote, invest in their community in a different way than men do. Because... And that has a lot to do, honestly, with the patriarchal attitude that men take towards a lot of their friendship. For a lot of men, especially straight men, the female partners that they have are the only source of emotional community that they have. Sure. It's the only person with whom they have a really like in-depth, I-can-express-my-emotions kind of relationship, if they even have that. Whereas women, a lot of the time, because of the way that they are socialized, will have a more emotionally resonant community this is not inherent to men and women. This is inherent to the dumb fuck society and the attitudes had there. Go to fucking therapy, Chaz.
0: Right, because you can even just twist, twist that the other way and point to any number of vapid and shallow female friendships.
1: Yeah, and and it's... It's because men are often more shallow in their friendships. Like, you can, you can argue that this is true on a, like, broader basis, but it's nothing inherent to men and women. It's inherent to, frankly, just patriarchal structures. Right. It can endanger a serious relationship. No, it can't. If you have a partner who can't handle you having a friend of the opposite sex, that partner is a piece of shit and an idiot. I say this without equivocation. If you have a problem, I'm talking to you, audience. If you have a problem (laughs) with your partner having a friend of the opposite sex, if you do not trust them, if you are jealous of them, you either have work to do on your relationship as far as, like, that trust component, or if your partner is not trustworthy, why
0: the fuck are you with them? Well, and, like, one of the sub-bits is, like, saying, like, They, and they in this case is the platonic friendship you have. This is the person you're friends with of the other gender. They don't like being seen as a threat, and it can cause arguments over their friendship. Like, that one is just like an extra level. I have have never had a friendship with anybody where they're like, Oh, we can't have friends because I'm worried about what your girlfriend, wife, partner, husband, boyfriend, whatever, yeah. is going to think of this. And that's fucking stupid. Which is more reason to believe that this is just, like, some weird toxic masculine, like, school project that this person made.
1: Four, there's gossip all around.
0: This was just fucking
1: dumb. Yeah, no, and the, literally the first sentence is, should you care about gossip? Absolutely not. That doesn't mean it can't still affect your life negatively. Fuck you. you. Like, honestly, fuck you. What you are literally saying is gossip is bad and it shouldn't let it control your life. But actually, you should let it control your life and not be friends with people of the opposite sex. Fuck you.
0: Listeners, internet friends, Chaz. Chaz, I'm talking to Chaz. Gossip Girl is not real.
1: Five, going on different life paths. This one's just stupid because, like... Most of my friends, I'm on different life paths then. Yeah. I've got friends who have kids. I have no intention of having them. I've got friends who went into more corporatized careers. I went into nonprofit. I've got friends who are sporty. I'm super not. Like, that's just having divergent interests. Yeah. And- you, you want friends who have different life paths because they help keep you grounded.
0: That one's just, yeah, very nonsensical. The next one's secretly wanting to date one another, and I just want to point out, he wrote, This is the biggest reason why men and women can't be friends easily. And that's dumb as
1: fuck, because it's just, again, it's a you problem.
0: They always secretly want to date each other. Sitcoms are not real.
1: I want to be very clear. I have more female friends than male friends. And that largely has to do with the fact that most of the men I encounter are pieces of shit. And I know that's brushing with a broad stroke. Some of my closest friends are men. Some of my best friends are men, Andy. (laughs) But like a big reason why I get along so much better with so many women as compared to men is because I just have more in common with them. I enjoy their company more. And I don't secretly... I haven't secretly wanted to date... A lot of my female friends. Sure. A lot of that has to do with the fact that we are very compatible as friends and we would never be compatible as any kind of dating partners.
0: Well, just the thing is like, okay, I'll be, I'll be honest and and admit you want to know when I did secretly want to date a lot of my female friends when you were a hormonal teenager. Yes. When I was like a fucking sophomore in high school. And I, had, and, and I was just crazy with hormones and wanting to date and kiss everything that walked around me.
1: Yes, kiss. Yes, kiss. Uh, and the last one is a jealous partner. This is literally... that. Circle one, back to your yeah, boy This is one they already did. This is just a lazy ass list. I'm, I'm not even going to give that last one the time of day because it's fucking stupid. If you are jealous, deal with your shit.
0: If your partner is jealous... Have make like have them have that conversation with you. Don't let them get away with just toxic jealousy. So this is stupid. I'm I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna belabor this anymore. Other than to say like this links to two articles at the bottom. The first one is which 14 top signs your husband doesn't love you anymore. And the other one is how much of communication is really nonverbal. So this this was dumb. And we're going to keep searching out other uh, avenues for more questions, but I just, I, I had to bring it up.
1: I actually have an Am I the Asshole for our next one. Okay. Want All to right. go for that? Yeah,
0: absolutely. All right.
1: So, Am I the Asshole for Accidentally Making My Ex Jealous with a, with a potato that I posted a picture of.
0: A potato.
1: Yes, and this is one where I'm actually going to recommend that y'all actually, like, click on the link in the show notes to see it. Andy, I will go ahead and just email this link to you so that you can see this this photo. Okay,
0: I want to see the potato.
1: Okay. So, (laughs) the story is, okay, the story is ridiculous, but I have a group chat with a few friends on WhatsApp. We post dumb stuff that's related to inside jokes to make each other laugh as our profile pics on there sometimes. We are 30-year-old female. My ex is a 38-year-old male. Anyways, we all used to work together in a restaurant, so we have an inside joke about this weird cook who tried to flirt with us by finding potatoes or carrots that were shaped like a penis and put them between his legs as a quote-unquote joke. That's workplace harassment, don't do it. Extremely creepy, but it became a joke between us. So one of my friends, Annie, was having a bad day and we were trying to make her laugh, so my other friend, Jennifer, put a photo of a penis-shaped carrot as her profile pic. I thought it was hilarious, so I did the same with the potato pic. Yes, I know. It's all very silly, but it was just a harmless joke to cheer up a friend. Or so I thought. About an hour later, I got a message from my ex cursing me out and saying, quote, good luck with that disgusting new penis in your life, you whore. (laughs) I told him to calm down because it's not a penis and to mind his own business. He insisted that I was lying and continued to go off on me saying I posted it on purpose because I wanted him to see it, which doesn't even make sense because I honestly had no clue he even used the app. And we haven't spoken for over a month. I told him he should stop stalking me because he's embarrassing himself and that I hope he knows he's jealous of a potato. <laughs> Am I the asshole for posting that even though it was just meant as a joke between my friends? I really didn't think anyone would see it and I definitely didn't think that anyone would actually mistake it for a real penis.
0: Okay, so real quick, I've, I've actually got a pretty, uh, I, I think a pretty solid uh, nickname for this question, asker. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with the Ryan Reynolds comedy Waiting? Yes, I love waiting. So then you would remember that in waiting, Luis Guzman is one of the line cooks in the restaurant. His character's name is Radimus, and there is a joke throughout the entire movie where all the line cooks try to find ways to make the other cooks accidentally look at their balls. Yes. So this this feels appropriate for for characters out of the movie waiting. What are you, some kind of a fucking sick demented
1: pervert, huh, huh? No, no, I-I was- you told me- bro, I'm just fucking with you. Look, my
0: we sick, all right?
1: That works for me, and again, if y'all click the link in the description, uh, you will see the photos of these potatoes and carrots that look like penises.
0: Can't stress enough, like, clearly potatoes, clearly potatoes.
1: But if you glanced at it real quick and then looked away, you'd be like, was that a dick?
0: It kinda looks like a cock and balls. Man. Yeah, okay. All right, I read this one. Would you like to start? Sure. So, Radimus, are you the asshole? No! What? This is patently ridiculous that your ex or anyone else could see this and think it is actual human genitalia. If the pictures linked are the pictures that we see, first of all, all of them are detached. Yeah. Like, there's one where the hand kind of looks like it could be a body, but it, it doesn't look like where the penis would be on the body. And also they are just clearly potatoes. Like, so your boyfriend's on WhatsApp and you didn't know about that, that's that's fine. I mean, it's a public forum. I And, and so like, if you were actually posting anything actually X-rated, I would say there is something to be worried about there. But it's fucking potatoes and very clearly potatoes. Phallic potatoes, but potatoes nonetheless nobody has done anything wrong here and the ex is being absolutely ridiculous if they actually believe this.
1: Straight up. So, Radimus, let, let, let's just be clear. Your ex is projecting. Your ex saw this thing and and I guarantee you, anytime someone says like, oh, you posted that because you knew that I would see it, fuck that person. The fact of the matter is, and, and here's here's me trying to extrapolate my life lesson. <laughs> Everyone listening to this, nobody thinks about you that much. I promise. Nobody thinks about me that much. I live with an anxiety that like a permeating anxiety about how I'm perceived and understood a lot of the time. It's, it's how I walk through the world. Okay. But you, you, nobody is thinking about any of us that fucking much sure. I, I promise you they are going about their day they are trying to live their lives they're trying to make their friends laugh so if you are projecting that someone is clearly posting a thing because they are just wanting to rile you up nine times out of ten you are absolutely wrong and you should just move on with your life Especially if they're posting a goddamn potato. <laughs> now, maybe your screen resolution sucks hard enough that you think that it's a real dick, but fuck you.
0: It is a potato. I think there's an opportunity to have Radimus communicate that. Like if there if there were next steps, I, I would say the thing to do would be the text the and be like, I don't mean this hurtfully, but I do not think about you that hard in my life anymore. Yeah. Um, just really rip the bandaid off here. And, yeah, I mean, this is just, it's, even as far as jokes go, this is very, like, this is something I could believe a bunch of 30-something, like, co-workers do in a public place. It is, 100%. It is that level of just, like, tee-hee-hee, but we're not actually going to get in trouble for this.
1: Yeah, no, and, and I'm totally there for that. Again, for me, the egregious sin is the projection. Yeah. You are not an asshole, Radimus. You are acting within a context that you have already pre-established. And somebody who clearly has some kind of issues, either with you or with themselves or maybe both, is projecting and trying to make that your problem. And it's not. Ignore them.
0: Ignore them. Keep posting all of the weird phallic uh vegetables that you come across and if you happen to
1: see this uh or listen to it send them to us as well
0: oh yes absolutely love
1: hate relationship podcast at gmail.com we 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 (laughs) promise we'll look at your potato dicks
0: exactly (laughs) okay so like i said i was looking through other avenues and i actually went to the source so this question is going to be coming from our relationships went all the way to reddit oh wow i know And I think this one's actually interesting. I think there's there's going to be some meat here. My PhD boyfriend has no time for me. I've been with my boyfriend for only two months, and one of the first things he told me is that he prioritizes work, which I understand. This I do somehow get because I know PhDs are extremely demanding. He's in his third year. However, there's more to it. We went out once to a bar, very first date, And after that, we've only had university dates, meaning lunch at the university, walks around the university, unless I invite him to my place. He is busy every weekend with work or visiting his relatives in another country. He told me he doesn't like sleepovers, so he hasn't slept over at mine yet, which to me would have been a great way to at least get some hours together to bond. And also, the university is closer from my place. He texts me back at 10 or 11 at night, no matter when I text him because he has me archived as it apparently stresses him out to have unanswered messages during work. He asks me out for dinner once after weeks of me insinuating that I wanted more romantic dates than the lunches, but I had to cancel because I had a very sad family incident. Then he did not pick the date back up for a few weeks after that. He tells me I expect too much from him, and his PhD also makes him extremely busy. I just don't know how much I'm supposed to give up and compromise for the situation. I just know I'm not being fe- I'm not feeling valued, but I do like him very much. What do you think? Should I accept or not accept these circumstances?
1: Okay. Um, name for this person. Also, send me the link to
0: that. I'm going to send you the link. Um, a name for this person. Uh, This reminds me of a show that I know we both have watched called Never Have I Ever. Mm. And in Never Have I Ever, there is the cousin of the uh, main character whose name is... It starts with a K, I want to say. There's a cousin of the main character named Kamala. Kamala herself is a PhD student in the show mm-hmm. and has several plot points about like the difficulties therein. So I would propose that this is Kamala in another life.
1: Okay. So I'm down for that. We got Kamala. That's fraud.
0: No, it's not. I have a stack of papers with my research over there. And if you try to take my name off of it, I will... How would Davy put it? I will go ham on your ass.
1: Shall I start? Yeah, go ahead. So here's the thing, Kamala. You you have correctly identified the question that you should be asking here, which is, is this situation something that I should accept? It is very clear. That um, your boy here, uh, who I believe the Never Have I Ever equivalent is Mohan. Yes. um, It's clear Mohan has been nothing but straight with you from the beginning of this. Mohan said, I take my work very seriously. Mohan said, I am very busy. My PhD has me very busy. I assume pretty early on Mohan communicated that on weekends he is frequently either working or visiting family in another country. Um, I, I actually had, um, two international student roommates in graduate school, and both of them frequently traveled on the weekends to go to other countries. Huh. One of them went to China, and the other one went to, um, Kenya.
0: Oh, I never knew any of that, damn. Yeah.
1: several right. times, like, it, it's, this wasn't every weekend, but it was, like, especially the, the Chinese one, he'd be gone probably once or twice a month. Sure. Um, to fly over to China. So this is very common, and he has been nothing but straight with you about this. You like him very much, and I appreciate the difficulty of really liking someone, but finding that they're not really uh, meeting your needs as you have at least somewhat communicated them. I don't like that you say that you implied you wanted more... Um, romantic dates because that says to me that you are being coy with your communication and that's fucking bullshit. Um, I'm just going to call you out on that right now, Kamala. That is fucking bullshit. You should be very, very direct with him, especially if there is a cultural difference. Um, But here's the thing. You've been together for two months. I cannot tell you if this is going to be worthwhile for you to stay in, but I will tell you two months in, you are not going to see him change on this stuff part of that is because he is international phd student is an entire culture unto itself sure and it is a culture that frankly does not leave a lot of time or ability for the sort of attention that you are looking for it'd be nice if he could compromise on something like the sleepovers thing i think that's a worthwhile like thing to ask of him.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: Yeah, like, that's that's not a bad compromise. (coughs) But if you are looking for foundational changes here, if you are looking for him to be less busy, for him to travel less, for him to just have more time for you in general, for him to work you in past these lunch dates, which frankly sound like the most effective way for him to have dates with you, Um, I think there's only so far that you're going to be able to go. And that's okay, because it's not like he's trying to lead
0: you on, but you need to make that decision. Right. Something that strikes me, Kamala, is this is a brand-new relationship. Presumably, you're in your mid-to-late 20s if he's getting his PhD. Um, And I I would presume you're about the same. And so, like, this is not... High school where you're necessarily expecting to see each other every day or anything like that. This is still in its baby stages. I would say it's probably not unreasonable to keep it at lunch dates and that sort of thing for the first couple of months. We're we're getting the insinuations of a cultural difference. We don't know for sure that there is one. Correct. Um. But if there is one, I wonder if that cultural difference extends to the idea of sleeping together. It's possible. You know, I, I guess she doesn't explicitly say sleepovers for sex. She just says sleepovers and cites that, you know, it would be the time spent component that's the most useful thing here. So I do think you're right that there is, like that's the one thing you could probably push in and, and try to state a greater need for, it, and you would be in the right for doing so. Yeah. Um, the text message thing, I mean, that one, I think, yeah, he's a PhD student. Kamala. you're just going to have to accept that, like, he will look at his phone before he goes to bed and send you a message. And that one you're just going to have to take on if you want to keep in this relationship.
1: Or don't accept it and don't stay in the relationship. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Both are perfectly valid. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, the dinner thing, like you were saying, there's insinuation is not a great look. And leaving it in... It, it, it sounds like Kamal was like, well, I'm going to leave it on him to reschedule. And... That might have been like the good night of the month for him. And it took him so many weeks to pick it back up.
1: Yeah. There's a version of this where y'all were dated where it's the first or second year of his PhD and y'all were dating before he went to his PhD. And it's actually a thing like there are a couple I've known couples Who one of them has gone to get their PhD and they were together beforehand, or one of them goes to grad. I went to graduate school with people who were married and who had been married prior to, or or were you know, I I did not go to a PhD program, but I did go to a terminal degree program. I went to an MFA program and I saw relationships die. In graduate school or not long afterwards, because it takes a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I was able to, you know, I I entered graduate school dating someone and I left graduate school and I got married to them pretty immediately afterwards. But it that took a lot of work and we didn't talk every day. We missed each other a lot. We traveled once a month to try and see each other. Sometimes it was longer. We did go two months at one point without seeing each other. This level of commitment, education-wise, takes a lot, especially depending on what kind of PhD program he's in. Because if it's science-based, if it's research study, if it's got a teaching component, holy shit, you know? Like, that's, that is a full-time job plus. Yeah. So... Never mind schoolwork on top of that. You're only two months in. i like if you're asking from my perspective, Kamala, I would say honestly walk away from this relationship because like it's cool that you like each other, but he's going to be in this space for at least two more years. And that's to say nothing if he's in the type of program where he go- then goes on to a postdoc or he goes on to some kind of university teaching program Lord help you if he starts needing to do the lecturer circuit, because then he's probably moving every one to two years to try and find a job. Sure. It's 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 so early. Like I I I don't know. I, I'm leaning in the cut it loose. But if you don't cut it loose, accept the casualness of it, because it won't change.
0: Yeah, I my slightly more like optimistic thing is. Try to figure out in yourself, Kamala, what is it about Mohan that was the first spark? You know, you guys clearly started dating for a reason. And if it was as simple as, oh, yeah, I looked good on Tinder, then, yeah, probably you gave this a shot and it's not going to be for you. But if there was something deeper to it, if there was, if there was some sort of personal connection, at least think about if. That person is still in there behind the PhD student and what the future could be. And if you're willing to wait and deal with this treatment until you get to that future, and then depending on your answer, you know, you know what to do there. Do, you, do I think you should accept the circumstances? Only if you really think that this guy and the potential relationship you have is worth it. Otherwise, no, I I would agree with Alex that this is probably something to cut away from. It's not necessarily that either person is in the wrong here, certainly, um, but that isn't all that it takes for compatibility. Yeah. So.
1: We want to call it.
0: Yeah, we're going to do shorter episodes. We're going to try to do shorter episodes, and especially for the uh, every other one that's going to be the <laughs> relationship component, um, we're going to just cut the episodes early. So with that said, thank you, dear internet listeners, for taking this wild ride with us. Um, we clearly have no problem pulling from the internet and various different sources, but... We always prefer and would love to get your actual relationship questions where we can then provide our perfectly unqualified advice. You can send those questions into to love, hate, at gmail.com or send them to our Twitter.
1: That's right. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or even TuneIn Radio. Hey, Mom. Uh, You can also rate and or review us on any and or all of those platforms. We're told it helps people find the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at LHRPod. That's L-H-R-P-O-D. You know, check out our latest episodes. Send us your questions there. Send us just random things that you want us to talk about or that we've talked about before and we've got updates on we'd love to hear from you send
0: us your potato dicks
1: send us your potato dicks for as long as twitter still exists
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely uh for as long as twitter exists you can find me there andy boel at Jovocop cop 2113 you can also follow my account where i just paint miniatures and post about it that's andy's underscore minis and you can follow my other podcasts that i do with the Ingomber. Stephanie Johnson called cult fiction where we watch cult movies right now we're in a nasty string of movies that I love and Stephanie absolutely hated so that's a a fun little journey we're going on and you can find cult fiction everywhere you can find this show
1: that's right uh, you can find me, I guess you could technically find me on Twitter and TikTok, even though I don't really go on either of them that much. But you can find me on Instagram, chess.com, and Lichess. I don't go on Lichess quite as often as chess.com either. Anyway, for all of those, that's A underscore, X underscore, R-U-I-Z. Thanks for listening, y'all. As ever, please. Tell your enemies.